welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today, we have Marla and Amy and Dennis. Good to have you guys. Okay, our story today, the turtle. Who who would like to read this? Um, oh, Amy said she'd read it. Amy said she would. Okay, did I definitely said I would. I would be happy to read today. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. You're welcome. Um, is it? I don't want to butcher the name though. Chance, Chance. It's Chance or Chance. Either Chonsa. one. Chonsa normally is the way I'm okay. learning. Chonsa. Okay. Mm-hmm. The turtle. Chonsa with his bamboo pole was fishing in Pooh River. The Prince of Chu sent two vice chancellors with the formal document. We hereby appoint you prime minister. Chonsa held his bamboo pole. Still watching Pooh River, he said, I am told there is a sacred tortoise offered and canonized 3,000 years ago, venerated by the prince, wrapped in silk, and a precious shrine on an altar in the temple. What do you think? Is it better to give up one's life and leave a sacred shell as an object of cult in a cloud of incense 3,000 years, or better to live as a plain turtle, dragging its tail in the mud? For the turtle, said the vice chancellor, better to live and drag its tail in the mud. Go home, said Chonksa. Leave me here to drag my tail in the mud. Thoughts? It's, I just can't relate to a tortoise show being uh, <laughs> my body that I'm going to give up to be canonized. I don't get but I can relate. Okay. I can relate specifically to recovery because before I got into recover and into re- recovery, so I'm trying to say, I was barely a shell of existence. I was nothing but the like this human body and barely at that, right? Once I got into recovery and really got down to causes and conditions and really am still on this journey of seeking and finding and being my true authentic self, that's when I actually filled up my turtle shell. Hmm. That's beautiful. (laughs) Craig, we just um, read the story. So we're just starting in the conversation. Glad you could join us today. Good, Amy. I too felt like a at the end, you know, just as I was getting just as I was getting bad, I felt like such a shell. Like it, it, I'd look in the mirror and be an X-ray. Like you're just yeah. nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah. Whether it was trying to be who I thought you wanted me to be, or or trying mm-hmm. to be who I thought I needed to be, or just. Anything but my true authentic self, right? And that that was my shell. And then now, hell yeah, I'll drag my tail in the mud. 
all the time because that's who I am at my core, right? That's me being my true authentic self. Hmm. Says he was fishing in the Pooh River. That's the mother river. And that's the significance of that river in Chinese philosophy. So he's at the source, you know, so he's fishing in the river, content with his life, obviously. And these guys from the government come and say, we want to make you prime minister. He says, nah, I'm not interested. I'll just stay here and fish. <laughs> What's the country song that says that uh, his wife, the guy's wife wanted him to stop fishing and, uh, or what, what, it was something to do with fishing. Are you a country, who's, anybody here listen to country music? Nobody? Not that much. <laughs> he chose fishing over his wife, in other words. He put her on the road, so. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a wise man. <laughs> There's Craig, yeah. Craig wakes up, yeah. So. Chonsa, now for a little history, Amy, Chonsa is the student of Lao Tzu. So uh, even though we don't know if he for sure knew him, he studied his writings. They may have been a couple of hundred years apart in the time that they lived, even. So we don't know for sure that they actually physically knew each other, but Chonsa is credited as being a student of the Tao Te Ching. So that's the next significant writings that we have in in order. So, um, is Pooh River still a real river? Or is it just metaphorically for? No, no, no it is a river. Okay. It's actually the Hongpu River, is the actual long name of the river, and it serves many purposes. It's deemed the mother river of Shanghai. Oh. So, yeah, it's got a lot of uses. It's an integral part of the city. So mm -hmm. he, uh, so he's content with himself. He's happy. He must, I was looking at the happiness side of this, the contentment side. Mm -hmm. I'm also kind of seeing it as, as being where you are instead of want something that there is in the future. Um, but contentment is probably the right thing, but also be exactly where you are in this moment is, is, is also what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing in it. Yeah, Dennis, one of my Zen books, one that we're reading for our study group, uh, the teacher, the guy writing the book, Katagiri, defined uh, enlightenment as being in the moment. I've heard that too. Yeah, so that's, that's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. True enlightenment is just being in the moment. Being in the moment. Being fully, fully present. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a constant constant practice for me when I when I zone out, and that will happen always, just to go back to the present time. That's uh, pretty pretty big. Success is not what we think it is, because he had a different idea of success than the uh, the the government had anyone, most anyone, well, do I want to fish or do I want to be prime minister? I think I'll be prime minister I'd rather than fish. All the accolades, the money, everything, the fame, he gave it all up. Gave it all up. Am I the only one that doesn't like fishing? Doesn't like what? Fishing. 
hate fishing. Fishing, I hate it. Oh, man. Very boring. Stressful. It really is so stressful. My dad loves it. He can sit there for hours just with his rod in the in the water. Or his, it helps him relieve anxiety. Oh, man. Oh, I, st- I was just out of hospital with a heart attack. And my dad says, I'll take you, I'll take you fishing. This will be nice and relaxing for you. This is exactly what you need. Oh man, it just would push me over the edge. <laughs> I never so caught maybe... anything. I never caught anything all day. I was like, there is just nowhere. I, I, I just want to be anywhere else apart from here right now. Prior to recovery? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, it was, it was kind of like the catalyst. It was one of those <laughs> signs that I didn't really listen to. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things, and do you know what? My daughter kept on talking about that. You stop drinking, stop drinking, and go fishing. Oh, man, it's stressful. So well, see, um, for a long time, though, I equated fishing with drinking. Because what else do you have to do for hours on end, waiting for the fish to bite, except drink? One of my ex hostages would say, after he went fishing, you know, somebody would say, "Did you catch anything?" And he would say, "Caught a five pound buzz," you know. What? So, but, but Craig, maybe, I know it was kind of funny, but maybe though, maybe that's the reason like some of us can't sit still for that long and just enjoy the moment is because for me, I can speak for me. I absolutely addicted to the chaos and the drama and the go busyness of everything. Right. And so to to sit there and be still mm. and quiet with and my thoughts and that just sounds awful well it did starting to not sound so awful to just be so maybe giving up the prime minister position is symbolic of us giving up the chaos and the busyness in exchange for the calm and serenity and the peace of fishing. Mud. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I could see meditation helping us get there. It's very much like meditating. Well, I totally understand that I couldn't fish because if I'm fishing, I'm coming out with the expectation of catching something. So that's where the stress comes in. I think that I just, I'm, I'm putting something in and if it doesn't bite, what's, then I'll just keep standing there throwing it up and there will not be. But I love being out in the nature or, or something by myself and just being still. That's my favorite thing to do, actually. <laughs> but don't put a fishing pole in my hand. And then I don't like kill that little fish. I feel bad for it. So. I actually saved one from a snapping turtle once where I caught a fish and while I was reeling it in, this snapping turtle was coming after it. And I thought, oh my God, I got to get it up so I won't eat it. So <laughs> that's so nice. not a stress. I agree, Greg. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, you. But, yeah, but you could have changed the course of the world by saving that fish. <laughs> so as, as, as far as fishing goes, I, I, I really have no patience for it. I think, I think Amy's right. I just have absolutely no pity. Um, <laughs> I don't know what film it was where the guy takes a grenade and he goes fishing. <laughs> just, it just chucks in the water. That's yeah. That that's my idea. Job done. That's it. Right. Let's go and get dinner. You know. Don't ask me to sit with this pool for a couple of hours. Just it just doesn't do anything for me at all. What is uh, your definition of happiness? 
because he had a level of happiness, had a level of contentment. I, I just looked up a Google definition. Of course, it says the state of being happy. And it says contentment, pleasure, satisfaction, cheerfulness. I can see contentment with that. What about fulfillment? Fulfillment. Gratification and that. You know, it's, and it is no mistake that happiness has come up in my Course in Miracles study group that I go to. I got, these, I got this bunch of old ladies that are, most of them are 60 to 80. And they all been studying A Course in Miracles for ever. And me and just a couple other guys. And I'm learning so much from these old ladies. I mean, it is just wonderful just to be there. I'm just glad I got invited to the group. Um, But happiness is one thing that we've been talking about. And I came to the conclusion that one, even before this, came to the conclusion that one definition of happiness could be uh, being free of fear, that our fear was gone. (laughs) No, no crochet. (laughs) No, I'm not doing crochet on Tuesdays, Craig, no. (laughs) No. It's one of them used the F word the other day, and I was like, I was shocked. You know, his little old lady said, F, you know, I'm like, what? <laughs> they aren't yeah. cuss words. I love that. Being free of fear, does that, what does that have to do with happiness? Because I was looking at this whole thing about being in the moment and the things that keep me out of the moment, which fear does a lot of the time, would keep me out of the moment. I, I've always seen happiness that that it can it, it's something that is reached, but it has something to do with what's happening in that moment. So 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 even it's 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 a false sense. It's not not a false sense of joy, but but um, happiness have to do something with what's happening around me. So unless I'm capable of of being in the moment, that then that will give some kind of eternal happiness. Because I'm in here and, and I don't have any fear of the future and I don't have any regrets about the past or something because I'm, I'm in this present time. Now, another way of, of feeling happy is, I think I, I remember you said something about it, buddy. You received an, a, a fax where you, where you got a certain amount of money for sale of a house or something. And that happiness required, gave you some kind of, 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 uh, of pleasure also. So I think that that happiness has to do something with what's happening. Um, it's being in the moment, too. It has to do with that. You're right, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I can only love in the moment. Yeah. I can only do the will of God in the moment. Yeah. All that stuff I can only do right now. And fear is going to take me either. Fear is going to take me out of the moment. Fear always takes me out of the moment. Hmm. Amy, you got something? Yep. Yeah. It's so synchronicity. Here we go again. Um, Yesterday I was um, on a book study and um, someone fairly new in recovery was talking about um, what's keeping him from going back out right now is fear, fear of the consequences. And he hopes, and he said something like, I hope that I stay mindful and fearful of those consequences. I said, wait a minute, though. 
I said, I don't, I don't like operating in fear now. I operate from the point of I know and can experience happiness today. And so instead of focusing on the negative and the fear, I focus on, wow, I've got a pretty damn good life today and it makes me happy. So that is my motivator now. So fear used to be a motivator and now happiness is a motivator. So it's exactly what you're saying, buddy. And this was a completely different group, completely separate conversation yesterday. Synchronicity. Would that not be a healthy fear? Like I, I fear relapse. I, I have a health, I think it's a healthy fear of relapse, keeps me from relapsing. Is that not what you're talking about? Yes and no. Yes, I, there was a time where fear of, and I don't, I particularly don't like the word relapse, but resume. <laughs> I had a healthy fear of resuming my old behavior, right? <laughs> I had that healthy fear. But somewhere along the way, the shift has been to, now I just enjoy what I've got instead of being driven by 100 forms of fear. I'm driven mostly by the happiness that I get to experience by staying sober and doing the deal of recovery. Now that's your motivator. Yeah. So it's not that it's not there. It's just not the for. It's not at the forefront. It's like, why would I want to give this up instead of, oh, shit, if I do that, then I'm going to have all these consequences. No. Why? I like where I am. I love my life. Why don't I just stay here? Hmm. Just it's a shift like, in perspective. It's like doing a good job at my work, not because I'm afraid of losing my job. It's because uh love my family and want to do good things for them how about that you know we could shift our our motivations that used to be fearful motivations to love motivations now if we want to on all kinds of levels right you, you've always uh, said that buddy change fear to love yeah i love the outcome of staying sober that is really really good I like that. That is our bottom line here. We got to climb on to that, be attached. I don't, I don't have a pain pill addiction. So I, if I have prescribed pain pills that I can take, if I'm in pain, I just don't want to take them at times when I'm in pain, because I don't want to come out of the moment. I want to be present. I can't be present. If I'm <laughs> take a pill, I can't meditate. I can't do, I, I fall asleep. I'm, you know, and I'm like, no, I want to be in the moment, you know? That's changing the motivation. I'm not afraid I'm going to relapse, you know, or, you know, I'm afraid I just don't want to lose the moment. So that's kind of what you're talking about, too, I think, Amy. Huh. Except I would take all the bills. <laughs> you know, my eyes flash like pain. Yeah, I could see your face, too, but I was like. <laughs> uh Craig's got his hand up and he's patiently waiting. Yes, Craig. I'm, wait, I'm waiting patiently. I'm, gl I'm glad Amy mentioned the f 100 forms of fear. Um, when I'm sitting reading out responses, I like to try and flip it. You know, what, what would you rather? It's, it's like when it's like when we're coming around to the idea of having a power great in the self or a God concept. And a lot of us have that fear of the God that was rammed down our throats growing up. You know, what would you rather have in your life? Would you rather have, a, would you rather have this loving God or would you have, rather have a fear of God? 
Um, I think having that fear of relapse as well, um, we can kind of flip that around. You know, you, what, what do you want in your life? Do you want the love of sobriety? Or do you want to live in that shadow of fear of maybe things not working out the way that you want them to? Maybe going back to drinking, maybe, maybe going, things going back to the way that they were. Uh, so I think I think it's really how we look at things. Uh, I think I was I was fearful for a relapse until some cantankerous old guy says, "Well, tell you what, just go out and drink and get it over and done with." <laughs> cantankerous old man. Yeah, but I think I think it's just really a case of like you know, how, how do you want your sobriety to be? What, what do you want to focus on? Do you want to focus on the fear of relapsing? and stay stay stuck in that past or do you want to move on do you want to kind of grow and develop the way that you want to be you can you know you, you can have any kind of life that you want if you know as long as you get rid of the fear and just start really enjoying what you're doing the eighth verse of the Tao Te Ching uh Stephen Mitchell when you're content to be simply yourself and don't compare or compete everybody will respect you yeah, that is super good. I heard a lot of cognitive behavior uh, treatments uh, say, uh, using the word uh, relapse prevention. And my toes are literally doing this in my shoes because it's so fear-based. And, and a relapse for a lot of people means the same of dying. And that means living, the living with, the, with the fear of dying all the time. And I think after after a while in recovery, we don't do that anymore. We 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 get this sense of our own mortality, and and that can and that comes with a freedom. And the same with with the fear of relapse is is um, is, is 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 it's not pleasant for me at all. Even that I understand it, and I understand that that can be a motivator. I, I totally understand that. This is verse thirty. The master does his job and then stops. He understands that the universe is forever out of control and that trying to dominate events goes against the current of the Tao. Because he believes in himself, he doesn't try to convince others. Because he is content with himself, he doesn't need others' approval. Because he accepts himself, the whole world accepts him. Stephen Mitchell. That reminds me, have, have you guys ever tried that in a meeting before where you say something and you really want to impress somebody that's there, but then that somebody is, is walking out of the room and you're sitting there, ah, man, I really, and just for that, I remember that feeling. It's, it's so nice not to have it anymore, but man, that's, I want to, oh. <laughs> I remember Buddy says one time, he says, look, if you've got nothing to say in a meeting, just say nothing. Don't sit there and just try and say something smart to impress a group of drunks. Because if, if, if that's who you're looking to impress, you really need to raise your game a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yep. That's good, guys. That's good. I had an incident with my sat-nav today. I was out, I was out looking for somebody's farm, and I went to the wrong farm. Right, and I, I think it was quite. Funny. I was I was listening to um, I was listening to one of the episodes of um, what's this Dow all about? So I was listening to that. So, it, um, and I was at the wrong farm. So I phoned the girl to say, "Listen, I'm uh, I'm at the wrong farm." She's like, "Are you lost?" And I was like, "Am I? I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. Am I? If I'm lost, does that mean I want to be found? 
And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, I, I was just listening to this thing. She says, right, you, you need to come to the next farm up. <laughs> and then when I got there, my sat nav came up with this message saying, you have arrived. I thought, wow, that was really good. I, I guess the, one of the gifts out of this story for me would be becoming aware of the things that take me out of the moment. Because what we're talking about is learning to be content where we are and learning to be happy in this moment, not needing something that we think we don't have or, you know, wanting other things, all of that that takes us out of the moment. Yes. Well, there is, I, I kind of, sometimes I see it as a motive. I think we've had it in, in the other little book group we had before, but it's been a while since we had that conversation up. And and I remember we had the reading in, in I believe it was the, the, the Dr. Wayne Dyer book. But in the beginning, it seems like you need some sort of motivation of you want to see yourself in another place than where you were at. But then it comes to a point where you're okay with where you are, even that you do have a goal of, of this going um, to be better or, or what. But but as long as you're true to yourself and you're, you are who you are, you're not trying to be this. Uh, I love the term spiritual giant, because if you look up, if you look up the word spiritual, it says less matter, less material, right? So spiritual giant is something we use in, in our you know, or a lingo, but it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, so you're trying to become this thing, and 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 in that heart, you're losing yourself, and you're losing, you're you're losing the Tao, you're you're losing your, your, yourself in in that heart of of trying to be something that you're not. I don't know if it makes any sense, but still, in the beginning, you're using it as a as a, as a springboard or a motivation. And then you can come, come, then you come to a place where you can be content with who you are, where you are, and, and in this moment. For, for me to be content, I have to believe everything is as it should be. Hmm. If, I, if I don't believe everything is as it should be, it's hard for me to accept the moment as being okay. I'm always thinking I need to change something. I need to work harder. I need to do better. I need, you know. I got to strive and push, 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 you know, doesn't mean I don't have goals or not work hard or it's really hard to put into words how to, I mean, effortless effort is still effort. It's just free of, uh, but it has less selfishness attached to the effort. It's less about me. Think about the things for me. The things that make me the most satisfied, the happiest, let's say, the most content, are when I'm doing something for someone else without hooks, without strings. Is that is it that way for y'all? That's when I feel the most satisfied. Definitely. Even even if it's if it's something that causes me a little bit of difficulty, if I'm helping this person, um, I, I leave feeling like I've helped this person and very gratified. It's gratifying. Yes. Fulfilling. Yeah. It's yeah. not something like when I go and buy a new pair of shoes, it's not that kind of serotonin 
hit. It's a whole different kind of hit. You're right. I think it's a bit of intention in this verse as well. You know, the the, um, the guys came up and says, right, we've, we've appointed you prime minister. That's it. You're taking it. And this guy's like, well, hang on a second. I'm going to stick this boundary in place and say, no, I don't want it. Whereas if, if it was maybe something that he wanted, if he wanted to be prime minister, then he probably would be more up for it rather than somebody come up and saying, right, you're going to do this. You know, the best way to get me to not do something is to tell me I'm going to do it. I get more enjoyment doing things just for the pleasure of doing it rather than for the sake of having to do it. I think it's just like what you're saying, buddy. You know, do I get more satisfaction from helping somebody because I want to do it or because I have to do it? It was actually funny because one of the readings that I get from a friend in the program when we're talking about this, it says the greatest mystery of life is that satisfaction is felt not by those who take and make demands, but by those who give and make sacrifices. That was a quote by Nikolai Bergiaro. But 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 really, there was there was what you just talked about that that there is that satisfaction with with helping somebody else. The paradox of true happiness, right? It's yeah. Well, it, it's still a struggle for me here. I have this friend in the program and she just bought a camper and she has never drive with a trailer before. So she don't know how to bag it in. She don't know how to hook it up and all that. And she's been asking me to come over and she's been leaving like two times uh, within a week or two for me to come over and help her with bagging it in and take it off. And, and there's that little thing in the back of my mind that I have to struggle. Why, why the fuck are you buying something you can't drive? Why are you doing that lady? And, so it's it's a struggle that I have to get over and just do it, and and then I remember Buddy saying, "Well, I don't like this, and I, I don't like that 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 there is that 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 I have to do this, but that's why I gotta do it." <laughs> why don't you ask her? Huh? Why don't you ask her? Why don't I ask her about what? Yeah, why are you buying this? Why did, why did you you can't drive it? Why are you buying it? Maybe maybe that's what she's looking for as well. I don't think there's any, any, I can't see any good thing coming down that road if I ask that question to Don't her. do it, Dennis. It's a trick. Don't do it. Will you do it from Scotland. He is sabotaging you from Scotland. Don't do not do it. Remember, he, he was going to trade his wife for fishing yeah. and then told us he doesn't like fishing. Oh. See, it's trickery. All trickery. <laughs> Well, that's bad in so many levels that you don't even like to fish. That makes it worse, right? Otherwise, I could see, okay, I'll trade my wife for fishing. But I freaking hate fishing. <laughs> Marla? I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm just listening to you guys <laughs> talking about fi- how much we hate fishing. But, you know, learning to be content has a lot to do with being in the moment and happy with what we have. That's a, so that's a huge part of it. And being present is so important. I'm just on, it's under, I'm understanding in my body now that living in the past is just that it's such a rock and it's, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm this because I did that when I was younger, who cares? It doesn't matter anymore. Moving up. I'm trying to be more, Mindful of being in today, yeah, rather than yesterday. You know, all the things that that 
honor us and feed us are in today. They're not in yesterday or tomorrow. Because everything is about learning to be in the moment. That raises a question, actually. So when it happens, because it happens for me, I don't know if you, you guys don't get go, don't get those thoughts from the past once in a while, and, and, and they apparently seem to be there long for you to recognize them. What do you do? I remember reading Thich Nhat Hanh, and he says, when those things comes up from past behaviors or something that comes up in, in, in a situation where you did something that might have been embarrassing or or where you acted ill or, or what it is, Thich Nhat Hanh's teaching on that is you just say, oh, hi, good friend. I don't need you right now. <laughs> so you don't struggle with it, but you say, oh, hey, good friend. Good to see you, but I don't need you right now. And then then go back to the moment if, if you can do that. But what do you guys do when old thoughts are cropping up? Change them. Just like he said, change your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Amy, Greg, y'all have anything? I like to sit and validate the thoughts. Sit and have the conversation. You know, if, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a conversation, maybe, you know, like, um, you know, if you go back to like the, the, the relapse, you know, sometimes you get that voice in the back of our head saying, let's, let's go for a drink. You know, it would be really good to do that because remember we used to do that in the old days. You'd be like, well, yeah, yeah. Do you know what we did? And I had a great time when I was doing that, but you know what? That was then it doesn't serve a purpose now. So I like to kind of validate it and have that conversation with it and just kind of, I'm not really rather than justifying going drinking. I'm kind of validating why, I want to stay sober. Yeah. I'm not exactly playing the tape forward. I'm just recognizing what I have now and just having that just having that moment of gratitude for what I've actually got and why I've got it. Um, mm. And what I could lose from going back to it and listening to those thoughts. But I, I find myself more than often not having these conversations or just sitting in the van, just driving away, and you, you know, you, you're thinking to yourself, Do you know what? I've had this conversation weeks ago, and it's just came, it's just popped back into my head, and you're thinking, I should have said that. Um, but then I'll say, I'll sit and think to myself, well, you didn't say that because it wasn't relevant at the time, and you just sit and processing it now. You know, there's obviously something there that I'm still hanging on to. There's something that I'm not letting go. I'm, I'm just because I, I want to maybe look better than somebody now because I'm having this conversation now. Um, but I think what, what I'm realizing more and more every time we have these conversations about being now is that what we're doing now isn't a rehearsal for something. It's actually making it's what we really should be doing is making making the most of what we have right now because you know what we have now we're not going to have in the future. We could we, we could lose it all in a minute. So I think just really appreciating what we have and and validating what we have rather than trying to justify what we have. And why we have it because sometimes I have that you know I, I don't deserve this, I don't deserve to be happy, I don't deserve to you know have this level of happiness and gratitude in my life. But um, I, I think that sometimes that's my addiction, my addiction trying to convince me that you know, you're not good enough for this, you don't deserve it. Let's let's just go back and let's let's go back to the way things were, Craig. It'll be fine. It's like it's like going back to one of those toxic abusive relationships. You know, it'll be fine this time. You know, you you can be in control. We'll take it. You know, we we won't we won't go as hard this time, and we know it's we know it's all lies. So I think it's just validating my reasons as to why I'm doing this, not justifying why I'm not doing it. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. Amy, you have something. Um, I think it's it's similar to 
I mean, I guess it's just kind of the same thing that Craig just said, just, um, you know, the, the thoughts of, of all behavior um, are, are just that, right? They're just thoughts. Like, I mean, I behaved poorly for a really long time. I've only been trying to behave nicely with dignity and grace and all the other things for a short time, relatively speaking. So it's just acknowledging it. Was it awareness, acceptance, and and action? Like I'm aware of the thought. I'm, I accept that that's who I used to be. And then the action is don't act like that anymore. Thank you. I um, I try to treat that thought, Dennis, like any other thought. You know, it's it's just a thought, like all the other thoughts that I have. And if it really bothers me, I can flip it to gratitude that I'm no longer like that. So I could reverse it if it really if I couldn't shake the thought, you know, note it and, and it if it kept coming back, you know, if I started entertaining it a little bit and didn't mm-hmm. want to entertain it, I could uh, I could find gratitude that I'm no longer that way. And if it really kept on and I couldn't get past it and it kept circling, then I would find someone else to pray for that they take care of their thought. I just go through the list of people in the meeting and just pray for different people that I know. And if it didn't stop, then I would probably log into some meeting online, like the New Zealand meeting that's on 24 hours a day and just go square by square by square praying for each person until I no longer needed to. Yeah. I like that. You know, I would find some way to give to get out of that if I had to. And that will bring me back to the moment. I've only had one time I recall that I had to go to seek out the New Zealand meeting for that reason, not for drinking, but it was other just, you know, I I just couldn't get in the moment. There was other stuff that was going on, you know, and I was just crazy thinking, you know. And so uh, I remember doing that and going to that extreme because I'm not going to live in that crazy thinking. I'm not going to stay in anger. I'm not going to stay in resentment. I'm not going to stay. I'm just not going to do it anymore. There's no reason, but that's, that's what I do. I have to take action. I can't sit in my shit. And well, what was it that Robert said? <laughs> Bubble bath. Uh, what, what's his, <laughs> I don't remember, but it's something that, yeah, he sits his own shit and thinks it's a bubble bath. Yeah. Uh, that's it. He sits in his old shit and thinks it's a bubble bath. <laughs> that's yeah. it. I remember oh, yeah, actually being, be, that's the most horrible thing that you can be in, that you're sitting in that puddle and you can't get out of it and you're full of resentments and, and just, um, it's it's really it's it's really a horrible place to be. So, yeah. And if you're not happy with yourself and they want you to be prime minister, I've got news for you. That's not going to make you happy either. <laughs> That's so funny. I heard that is from, from another guy saying when, when he was hating everybody around the town that he was living in. And then he, he said, man, I can't, I'm just looking so much forward, forward to look, move down to Florida because around here there, there's nothing good for me here. And then this guy's saying, so, so all these people there's around you here, you don't like him. Well, then you won't like them in Florida either. It it was like my Christian, uh, there was a teacher I used to listen to. He said, if you think you found the perfect church, it's no longer perfect because you're there. 
it's the same thing. You know, if we're looking outward for this happiness and peace and contentment, we're not going to find it because it's not out there. We've got to turn the light around. It's within. That's kind of back to, to the beginning of the story, isn't it? Right there that, that you're kind of looking within. You're not looking outward for, yeah. for becoming the prime minister. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Dennis. Yeah. You're, you're looking within. You're looking within, and that's, yes. Yeah, we started out um, being shells of ourselves, me and Amy, before we grew into be super women. Yeah, that's good. I think that's our, uh, I think that's our cue. Any other comments, guys? Anything? That's good. That was a good story. Thank you all for the good conversation. I had no idea where that was going today because uh, I had nothing coming in. Good, good. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, ladies and Dennis and Craig. <laughs> Y'all have a great week. We didn't, uh, don't forget about our, Amy, we didn't announce our meeting at the first. Um, we have the Zoom AA meetings.com goes directly to a 9 p.m. Eastern online meeting of AA that's every night seven nights a week. We have a speaker on Saturday night, and then we have different people with an average of 12 years of sobriety that chair for the other nights. One of my friends is talking about being disappointed, going online for a meeting, and the most sobriety anybody had in the whole room was like 14 days. Yeah, that's tough. On to the fourth dimensioners. Yes, the fourth dimensioners. I was just thinking, you don't need to to announce that meeting anymore. You you're full. There's a hundred people there. You have to sit and wait to get into it. It's it's it's, it's that meeting. good of a meeting. It's that good of a meeting. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to announce it anymore. But some yeah. other people might need it, Dennis, so they can. Uh, come so early we should just we should just use this opportunity to encourage people to log in early. Yes. Yes. And probably four nights out of seven, we we ride at a hundred for uh, a while, but you know, get, get there early. We're never at a hundred before nine. I don't think mm. who knows. We may be making some changes in the next few months, adding a breakout session, hopefully. So we'll have a couple of meetings in one. Maybe we're looking at different ways of doing that. Uh, that meetings evolving. I'm just grateful. All right, guys, if there's nothing else, y'all have a great week and we will see you next time. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.